You are listening to Prophet Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson, exploring biblical prophecy for yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Shalom, this is Nehemia Gordon. I'm with Keith Johnson bringing you Prophet Pearls, recorded live in Jerusalem, a city under siege. A little over an hour ago, not far from the exact place where we're sitting right now recording this program, an Arab terrorist struck wounding five people. And it really brings brings to you know makes it real. You know, we, we say we'll go anywhere um, and we won't be stopped. We're going to do this despite we were dealing with a, a communist party conspiracy to uh, block our internet, uh, in, intercontinental counterfeiting ring to uh, rip off our program. And we said we're not going to be stopped. We're going to do whatever it takes to to do this to bring you the prophet pearls. And we came here to Jerusalem, and, and this is real. This is as real as life gets. Yeah, you know, Nehemiah, I'm, I'm a little sober right now, and, and, and we took a break. You know, we're recording two or three, maybe as many as four or five if we can, based on inspiration and time and energy. And, and it's no small thing. It's taking a lot of energy. I'm not feeling the best. Nehemiah, even you fell down a little something last night. And I just have to I just have to say, uh, Nehemiah, you know, it really does bring it to the forefront. You know, I was on a bus yesterday on my way down to uh, to uh, to the old city, and people are celebrating Purim, and now on the day itself— uh, just on this Friday, uh, someone uh, gets behind a car, wheel of a car, uh, a terrorist gets behind the wheel of a car and tries to take out five, five uh, people who are trying to protect the city. And, and it really, you know, all this politics back and forth, it all comes down to, um, you know, like you said, it's a city under siege. And, you know, Yehovah will choose Jerusalem. But in the meantime, there's going to be some struggle and there's got to be people that have to be willing to do what it takes to to continue to be a witness as we are right now. And, and I, mm-hmm. I want to say, folks, um, I, I, I'm going to make a little shift here. You know, we do our little ministry minute each time, and I bet there's some people who's like, "All right, get through that," so I can get to the good stuff. You know, maybe there's some people who you know skip it and don't listen to it. But I, I, I want to challenge people right now. I want to challenge people that have been listening. We've got thousands of people around the world, and some of them are able, and some of them are not. But I really want to challenge people to listen to what we're saying regarding our ministries and and, and what the needs are and what the issues are. Um, and and, and the opportunity for people to support us because it's one thing to sit in your place of comfort and say, man, boy, that really blessed me. I just got a chance to open up the Word of God. But uh, to actually be sitting here uh, in Jerusalem and to listen to the sirens go back and forth and to know that we'll be out and about um, on buses and and, and walking amongst people and that there are people out there that would love nothing better than to to take us out. I mean, I'm just, to be honest, Nehemi, it really is, it's, it's humbling. And so I, when, when we talk about our ministry, I really want people to um, prayerfully to consider what we're talking about and, and how they can be supportive and how they can come alongside and help us. Uh, I feel really good about what we do, and I think that there's great value in what we do. And, 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 and even neither of us at this point, no one, neither of us are saying, well, we won't do it unless we're going to do it. But there's a mm-hmm. chance for people to come alongside. So right. we're going to get into this verse and, and, and talk about this. But here's what I want to do for my ministry minute. Yeah. I want to start with the ministry minute. I want okay. you to stop the recording. <laughs> uh, um, stop the recording. Stop not the recording. no, not us. We are no longer recording. No, no. Oh, I want the people. <laughs> okay. Here's what I need you to do. I mean, maybe this will challenge you. Maybe it won't, Nehemi. I mean, but but yeah. for me, this is really serious because we have the number of things that we're working on right now that are really, 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 really important. Um, one of them, as it pertains to even what's going on here in the land of uh, Jerusalem, I sat down with my friend. Uh, Yehuda Glick, who's presently, um, uh, who's presently, maybe it's still at this time, at the time that we were here, uh, he's he's basically under siege in an apartment. Uh, he can't even go into a public yeah. hospital to do his wow. his uh, his rehab just because of the people that are so intent on taking him out. But we've been very serious about putting together um, the last two years uh, a project that I've been working on, and he's really challenging me 
uh, not to take a, a, a soft approach, but really to to continue to do the work um, to bring forth the, the the cause of the freedom to pray on the Temple Mountain and how that fits with the what Isaiah says that it will be a place of prayer for all. Nations, you said something really important that sounds really way off topic. Um, <laughs> and I was talking to you about how people separate in Christianity and, and, and the heritage I come from. They separate any importance of what happened at the Temple Mount. And you actually said something. I don't want to, you know, I hope this I hope this people take this the right way. But you said, you know, it's really interesting how sometimes people focus on a certain aspects of his life and ministry, but they don't put it in context. One of the issues uh, regarding his life and ministry, I'm talking about speaking of Yeshua, is where he taught at the Temple Mount and why he taught at the Temple Mount mm. and, and what the significance of that is. So for me, I just want to say I want people to stop the recording, go to BFAInternational.com and ask yourself, what can you do to help us uh, continue to do what we're doing? One thing that's available right now is for you to learn a little biblical Hebrew right on the front page, become a part of the premium content library, which is going to help us produce the things that I believe that can be life-changing for people. So do that. Go to BFAInternational.com. After you sign up to the premium content library, then come back and you'll hear about what we're talking about in this next section of Prophet Pearls. That's my ministry minute. Okay, yeah. And, um, you know, I really, you know, I, I think people think like, oh, you know, for premium content library or join the support team, this, this is just about money. And, and I know for me, it's not just about money. Um, you know, there are definitely bills that need to be paid. There's no question about that. Um, and, and that takes money. No question. But for me, it really is about, you know, um, you know, when I say support team, I mean people who really support my ministry. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you're in the ministry with me. You're part of it. And I appreciate that. Um, I pre- you know, when I'm doing these these studies, and I'll, and I'll sometimes spend, you know, literally dozens of hours doing research to uh, record one of my, one of these studies. I call them the raw stream of Torah consciousness. And um, but I'll you know it, it won't be scripted, but I'll I'll prepare for you know collecting sources and translating sources and tracking down mm-hmm. information, um, you know, and, and really it is it's my way of saying thank you for people who who who've come and entered into the ministry with me. Um, if you you know I, what I've always been about is empowering people with information and people who have come into the you know into the ministry with me and they've and they've become part of the support team. I want to you know help them get to that next level and mm-hmm. and um, and that's really what it's about for me. Um, it's not about you know um, it, it really isn't it, you know the money. It really is. I've actually had people who say, look, I don't want to be in your support team, but I want to buy that study that you've done. And I say, well, it's not for sale. Um, you want to join. You Amen. Know? Yeah. I mean, I like that. Yeah. So it really, it really, truly is about, you know, and I've had people who who, um, you know, say, look, I'm, you know, uh, um, I don't have any money. I'm, you know, living on welfare. I'm, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. you know, and I'm like, OK, well, would you support me in prayer? Mm-hmm. And, and I have, you know, a number of people who are part of the support team through prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, like we said, it does take resources. You know, mm-hmm. the, um, you know, we want to get this message out and, you know, things like editing like we're doing right now. Where, you know, you're, you're hearing this and uh, believe it or not, this is edited. You know, uh, somebody worked a, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot Time, on this. Energy, not yeah. to mention we had to fly over here and, uh, you know, there's all kinds of expenses. Uh, a lot of it, you know, you know, I, I heard this um, this speech by Netanyahu recently. Mm-hmm. Um you know, this is pre-recorded. Netanyahu just a few days ago gave his speech, and he said something really interesting. He said, "You know, there's there's the things everybody knows about between America and the United States, but then there's all kinds of things going on that you know nobody ever know hears about." Mm. And um, and I really thought, like, wow, isn't that a picture of my ministry? <laughs> yeah. There's so much that people will never hear about, but there's a lot that goes into it. Isn't that something? And you know, this is an example. I want to say thank you to our friends. Uh, 
the servants of El Elyon Most High, uh, two, two people that have uh, uh, supported a number of our Prophet Pearl programs, and people like them and others that have done the, the Maccabees and many of the other people that are doing it. We, we It's not like we're sitting here saying we don't have support. We do, and that's why we're able to do what we're doing. And we, we, we want to continue to say to those of you that come alongside, thank you. Thank you to our Prophet Pearl partners. Thank you to all the people that have come alongside. And I think we've got a lot of work to do, and we're going to need more people. And, and, and I don't mind saying that. We need more people. At BFA International... Nehemiah's Wall, McCor Hebrew Foundation, we need a whole lot more people to do what we're doing. So thank you for those that are, and hopefully you'll prayerfully consider, you know, uh, taking a look at both sites and then and finding out how you can come alongside. We're in Joshua chapter uh, two, and it's funny, Nehemiah, we were talking before we started, and we're like, didn't we discuss this? And you know, it, it, most of our discussions are biblical. I don't know if you know it or not. <laughs> we get into the Bible, and we're just talking, and we're thinking, yeah. did we did we record that? Did we discuss that? Well, I'm and, sure we discussed it. I guess, <laughs> I guess we probably didn't record it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. and yeah, we're actually in uh, Joshua chapter two. Love this book. I yeah. really, really love this book. Um, I love everything about this book. I love what it represents. Um, there's actually a parallel with um, where we're dealing with um, uh, the Torah pearls, original Torah pearls in the section in Numbers um, where the spies were sent. And we have now an example of a resending of the spies. Um, and the disp- I use the word the dispensation, <laughs> uh, the time of Joshua. Can you tell a simple Jew what dispensation is? <laughs> it's a period of time. Okay. <laughs> I'll call it a period of time. All right. <laughs> so, um, I feel like this is some loaded theological concept. No, no, no. I'm actually just talking. Um, we're actually in the beginning here in uh, yeah. Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. Same thing with the Hebrew um, and also in the English. And I'm going to read this. It's really a story, Nehemiah, and I have to be completely honest. Yeah. Um, sometimes we can look at things and like, what's the hidden meaning here? You know what? You know what's the deep, you know, biblical, theological, you know, whatever. This is just seems to me like one of these, one of these, this just great stories that um, it is what it is. So let's just start. If it's okay, Joshua the son of Nun sent two men as spies secretly, secretly from Shittim, saying, "Go view the land, especially in Jericho." So they went and came into the house of a harlot whose name was Rahab, and they lodged there. We are, we are what, you know, what it would take us, 45 minutes, maybe an hour to get to uh, the place where this happened. To Jericho? Yeah, I mean, basically, um, what was he, we took the yeah. road to Jericho. Well, without, without traffic, we could do it in 35 minutes. 35 minutes. Um, we've done that many times. We've driven by there many times. And again, it's a struggle for me to be stuck in this place, in this apartment, because <laughs> we're so many places. We could go drive there right now and do the show from there. But in order to get this done, we really got to stay focused. But yeah. there, he's coming. He's, he's, he's crossed the Jordan, and, uh, and, and now they're sending people into this place called Jericho. Um, and and that's, that's one of the places he says he's sending the two men as spies. But then it says, in English it says, view the land, especially Jericho. And is that because that's the first place they're going to have to address? What do you think? Well, I mean, they're, they're going to cross the Jordan River and, mm-hmm. and the, the place where they're crossing the Jordan River. They're, in, they're opposite of Jericho mm-hmm. in Transjordan. Mm-hmm. So and the place where they're crossing it is right next to Jericho. You know, it's so something, though. But like I now I'm not, you know, in the United States hearing about this, but actually having been there and seen it and looking and saying, yeah, you cross the Jordan and, and, and there off in the distance, you see present day Jericho, which, by the way, in Nehemiah, um, a year ago we were there and, and there are there are actually stones that have been uncovered. Um, you were in Jericho. Yeah, actually in okay. Jericho. <laughs> I tell you a funny story. Yeah. So we're on a tour. Yeah. We're on the tour bus. You know, we got the big tour bus, and now we got the uh, we got the Israeli um, tour guide, and uh, and we're over at at, at at the Jordan. And I say to the tour guide, I say, "Man, we're so close to Jericho. I, you know, could we just go?" And, and he says, "Well, it, it's a little illegal for me." 
Uh, this is really funny. Yeah. He says, a little I- illegal for me to go in there. And why is it illegal for him to go into Jericho? Can you tell the people? Because he's Israeli and the, and the Arabs will kidnap him. Allow, no, no, okay, but, so it's actually no, against the law for an Israeli. Why is it against oh, the law? Because uh, yes. Jericho is is, uh, is is actually, and I say this, it breaks my heart to say it. It's a sad thing for me. It's no longer, it's not part of the state of Israel. It's part of the land of Israel. But Jericho today is part of uh, something called the Palestinian Authority. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, broken off, ripped off from Israel in 1994 and given away to the Arabs. Mm. And so today it's ruled by these terrorists mm-hmm. uh, from the PLO. And if I were to go in there and they found out I was Israeli, they would murder me. And, you know, you'd be seeing me in one of these videos with Jihadi John. I mean, you know. So we're in the bus and uh, my, my, ter- my, my, my tour guide says, OK, look, we're going to go to Jericho. You want to go to take your people to Jericho? Off the bus. No, you know what he did? Uh-oh. He says, I'm going to go sit in the back. You're the tour guide. Oh. <laughs> So, then he so they let me be in the front of the bus. Are you kidding me? I'm in the front of the bus. I've got the microphone. I'm the tour guide taking the group into Jericho. I stuck my chest out and I talked and I said I spoke in Arabic and Hebrew. No, it was really something to be there. But what was most yeah. important about it, Nehemiah, yeah. was to actually go into mm-hmm. Jericho and to actually see the stones. I mean, I, I get the chills. I yeah. mean, you know about this. And I've been to Jericho. You know I, was, I was in Jericho before it was given away to the Arabs back in 1993 or four. Um, it was given away in 94 and I was there like weeks before it was given away. Mm. And, um, yeah, for me, it's only, it's the one and only time I've ever been to tell Yericho or, or the ancient mound of Jericho mm. where, like you said, you see the walls and, um, and, and presumably the walls we're seeing aren't the walls that fell down because right. the walls we're seeing are still standing. Right. Um, I think the walls we're seeing are from the middle bronze period, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And these are from the late bronze period. Um, but yeah, uh, it's an amazing, I mean, it's it's an amazing site. And I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, but I was back in 93 or 94 in Tel Yericho and I'm walking around and I, and I do what I do. And I, you know, there's some kind of little, little gate that says, don't go beyond this point. And I, and I go beyond it and I'm walking in this area where, where you're not supposed to go, where, where, which had been, you know, heavily excavated. I'm actually like deep in this pit and I actually found this jar handle. From broken off from a pottery jar, and there was some kind of writing on it, and 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 I was I've never been able to decipher it, but it has some kind of, and I still have it today. What do you mean you still have it? Where is it? It's in my storage no, room. Do you understand? Over in we could sell that, and we'd be able to, to continue doing. <laughs> no, I'm keeping. <laughs> no, but Nehemiah, I, again, yeah. I think the point is uh, for me is just that this is a physical place that it's that yeah. it's there, and that you know you you can actually see it with your own. Yeah. Your own two eyes, uh, depending on who you are, uh, makes it a little easier depending on who you are. But um, it's a yeah. sad, like you say, it's a sad story. Well, and, and the reason that they crossed at Jericho is, is one that's an easy place to cross the Jordan River. Mm-hmm. To this day, there's a there's a bridge over there. The the um, I think it's the Allenby Bridge, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And number two is you have a large open plain there. And remember, mm-hmm. we were talking about six hundred thousand men, so it's like two or three million people. Mm-hmm. You need a lot of space for two or three th- two or three million people. If you were to try to cross further north, there's a lot of hills, mm-hmm. and so you'd have people like on this side of the hill and that side. It, it would get complicated. It's much easier so to cross. The geography of it, it actually The geography makes sense. is you want to cross at the plains of Jericho. Yeah. That's the place. To and cross. what's interesting about this is that they send the two the two spies secretly. I mean, this is you know there's six hundred thousand mm-hmm. or more people on the other side of the yeah. Jordan. They knew they were coming. Yeah. Uh, but they went and 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 we find that in the story. I mean, basically, they know something's changing. Mm-hmm. So it says it was told the king of Jericho, saying, "Behold, men from the sons of Israel." Now think about it. Yeah. Uh, the, these two men go to Rahab. Um, and they lodged there and it was told the king of Jericho, behold, men from the sons of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. Now, how mm-hmm. does that happen? I mean, in other words, do the two men, now it clearly says, word got out. it clearly says, <clears throat> yeah. 
go seek. They went secretly. Yeah. And when the next verse Actually, it says quietly, quietly, quietly. well, quiet, silently. Okay, silently. Well, obviously, yeah. maybe they got to the, the, the lodging place of Rahab and had a who knows what happened. But the, somehow the word got out. The, I want to make a little comment here, and this might seem like really esoteric to some people, mm-hmm. very you know confusing to some people, but I got to say it. So that first word in verse two, mm-hmm. the word that we have maybe hundreds, maybe thousands of times in Tanakh, and it's the word vayomer, mm-hmm. and he said. Mm-hmm. And here, instead of vayomer, we have vayamar. Yes. And vayamar is the passive form of vayomer. And it literally means, and it was said. Mm-hmm. So it was said. And how do you know? And really, you could read this without a problem. And he said to the king of Jericho, saying, and who said? Whoever said. I mean, mm-hmm. you have st- things like that where things are said and we don't know who said it. That is amazing. So why is it Vayamar? Just that's what's written. He, this is what's interesting to me. We deal with people. I deal with people all the time who say, oh, those vowels, those Masoretic Jews, they made up the vowels. And we don't. Mm-hmm. And, and we want to read the Paleo-Hebrew and there's no vowels. So if you're reading the Paleo-Hebrew, you don't know if this is and he said or and it was said. And you might say it doesn't matter here, but there's a lot of verses where it does matter. Absolutely. A lot of verses where it completely changes the meaning by mm. changing the vowels. And, um, and, and and it's interesting that the vowels may not have been written down, but they were fixed at a very early period. And mm. I've talked about in my book, Shattering the Conspiracy of Silence, about how uh, I give, an, we give a couple of – actually, you know – a few weeks ago from when we're recording this, the mayor of Jerusalem uh, got involved. There was a terrorist attack and he got involved and stopped the terrorists with his mm-hmm. own two hands. And uh, do you remember what the mayor of Jerusalem's name is? Well, it's funny because you can say Berkat or Bereket. And I always get confused Barkat, on which one is. Right. <laughs> right. And, and that's because the word Barkat or Bereket means carbuncle. Mm-hmm. It's a type of precious stone. And it appears once in Ezekiel and once in Exodus, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. And in one of the passages, it's Bereket and the other, it's Barkat. And what it shows, and we actually had a, a guy at Hebrew University that explained this to us. Um, I wasn't aware of this. That what this shows is that there was a fixed tradition of how to read the word in each passage. It wasn't that they said, oh, this is the word that we say in our language as bareket. So every time we see it, we'll put the vowels in bareket. But actually that the tradition was this ancient reading tradition that when you get to this passage, you read it bareket. But in that pe- passage, it's barkat. And that apparently represents a difference of uh, of of pronunciation in two different periods of history mm-hmm. that's being preserved between the time of Exodus and the time of Ezekiel. It's amazing but that you, that level of, of, of precision is being preserved in the vowels. So it's not so easy to just dismiss these vowels and throw them out because then you really open up Scripture to all kinds of, of wild speculation. And, and I've heard people who come up with the wildest things mm-hmm. based on ignoring the vowels. You know what's funny, Nehemiah? You, we, were, we were looking at this, and this is one of these words. When, 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 if I would just take a casual look at that word, yeah. I would immediately say biomere. Mm-hmm. And again, by you saying, let's slow down and take a look at the actual, the vowels and the consonants, mm-hmm. the jots, the tittles, uh, every aspect of that. It, it really, it really mm-hmm. is humbling. And, and I do want to say, you said it kind of casually. We sat and we sat with a, a man and talked to him about uh, the vowels. But you know, we we actually sat with, was, sat with one of the world's foremost scholars on the Aleppo Codex. The foremost scholar. The and, foremost and, scholar yeah, on the Aleppo Codex. Yeah, <laughs> no, I couldn't believe it. This guy, no. it wasn't Nehemiah. No, it wasn't. No, but Nehemiah, I want to stop and say something yeah. about this. We've talked about it individually. Uh, certainly, you can see some uh, some some conversations about it but what is so cool is that is that those little jots and those little dashes and those little those little things there actually do make all the difference in the world mm-hmm. and you know he said he said something like it's as um, if an angel wrote it. He says if an angel wrote it. He's talking about the Aleppo Codex, which yeah. is a vocalized text where yeah. they have the vowels and they have yeah. the consonants. And yeah. not not to send too much of a push again, but, you know, people can learn what those are. And, and that really is a – that's an exciting study. Um, but it was told. 
um, yeah. the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, men from the sons of Israel have come here tonight to search. So obviously the secret is out. Yeah. <laughs> How the secret got out, I don't know, but it definitely is out. Yeah. And the king of Jericho sent word to Rahab. So obviously he knows where they are. Right. Saying, Bring out the men who've come to you, who've entered your house. And you know, it makes me think, actually. Yeah. So here these two guys show up. You know, maybe it's a pub or whatever this one in. In, in. Yeah. Uh, and there are always other people around. And so these are two guys that don't, maybe they don't, maybe they're not dressed and, and, the same. And just to state what we've talked about, mm-hmm. the, and I know we talked about this at some point, but she was a prostitute. Mm-hmm. And in the Aramaic, it's translated as an innkeeper. And, and the two are actually the same thing. Back then, the inn is where the prostitute, you know, if we think about like in the Old West, you, you, you go this. to the inn yeah. and there's prostitutes there. It's one of the services they provide. Mm-hmm. And why do they provide it? Because there's beds available. Where else are they going to provide it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and this was just part of the, especially the Canaanite culture, that when you're at you're at an inn, there's going to be a prostitute. And that's a great place for um, a traveler to stay, meaning if they go and... Anywhere else, they'd be like, wait, you're foreigners. What are you doing here? Hmm. Whereas they thought they could slip by by being at the inn because nobody would notice. And you but somebody wonder, did notice. Yeah, and it's funny. you got to wonder, so did, did, uh, did, were there specific instructions or not? Did they just do it, you know? How did they identify them? That's, that's what, what I'm know. saying. Like, I mean, could it have been their clothes? Could it have been maybe their seats? Different? Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Maybe, maybe was they look completely different. Maybe it was the color of their skin. Maybe We, we actually skin. don't know. We don't know. Yeah, yeah. but uh, somehow, some way, the, color the locals, eyes, the locals found out that the uh, the two spies were there. Yeah. The two witnesses had entered the city. The two witnesses. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them, and she said, and who's the woman? Ray have yes yeah. the men came to me but i did not know where they were from it came about whoa, 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 well, no, go whoa, ahead look, i want to talk about and she hid them mm-hmm. so in hebrew it actually says and she hid him mm. and that's really interesting um the, the septuagint changes it to she hid them because mm-hmm. it just like you did you i mean yep. it makes sense she hid him there's two of them there's two men right so what's going on septuagint is probably just fixing this problem mm. um but what happened here so th- this is this is a big deal so the rabbis come along and they say oh well the two witnesses, or the two, sp- <laughs> the two spies, <laughs> and the two witnesses. Two witnesses. No, that, that's a different thing. The two spies were Caleb and Pinchas. Now it doesn't say that in the Tanakh, but so this is what the rabbis mm-hmm. say. Um, she hid Caleb, and Pinchas turned into an angel, and she didn't need to hide him. And, and I hear that, and I'm like, I kind of laugh. But it really is just the rabbis. They're struggling with this question: Why does it say she hid him and not them? Mm-hmm. Um, and one possibility is one of the medieval commentators says she had each one by himself, mm-hmm. and that's why it says she hid him. She hid one here and the other over one over there. there. Yeah. Um, what's the real answer? And I think the real answer is that this is uh, an allusion to another passage, mm-hmm. possibly. I'm just throwing this out there: Exodus chapter two, verse two. When Miriam hides Moses, it says the exact same thing: she hid him. Mm-hmm. And it, there might be a connection there, meaning meaning it's uh, you know we have here this image of a woman who's hiding a man who is in you know who is an important man that you know is part of Jehovah's plan, and maybe that's Rahab hiding could, the two could, spies. Could you find some uh, some really cool uh, grammatical issue, some like collective singular or something? Couldn't you like mm-hmm. come up with some new? So thing the collective concept? singular doesn't work here yeah, yeah. because it would if there were a category here. If it yeah. was the category of of man of human or the category yeah. of you know you can't see the category of spy. I guess right. you could, but. We couldn't that come up with something appear. like that. No, all right, no. all right. Well, it's an issue. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, an issue. it's an unresolved issue. Yeah, uh, we don't feel the need to fix it. Nope. Okay. So the men came to me, but I did not know where they came from. Um, and then it says here in Joshua two five, it came about. You all know the story. Maybe if you don't, we're going to read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it was time to shut the gate at dark, and I think this is interesting. Um, this is a this is a 
This is a city that's behind a wall. Yeah. And there's the gate. And, the, and we find this in the book of Nehemiah, I yeah. believe it is, where, you know, at a certain time, uh, there's the gate that shuts and there's time for... Well, so, safe, so maybe ahead. I'm stating the obvious, but every city back then was behind a wall. Mm-hmm. By definition, if it wasn't behind a wall, it wasn't a city, it was a village. Mm-hmm. And what would happen is, is you know... that. There wasn't a strong central government in Israel in most periods of history. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. And so if, if bandits would come along from the countryside and you weren't behind a wall, they would attack you. Mm-hmm. And even if there was a strong central government, which let's say in the time of Solomon, for example, is a very strong central government. Mm-hmm. Um, what if foreigners invade? Then you need to get behind the wall. And this mm-hmm. is what would happen. There'd be an invasion by, let's say, the Egyptians in the time of Solomon. Mm-hmm. And everybody who's out in the villages where there isn't a wall, mm-hmm. they come into the city for defense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and it was very difficult for them to knock down those walls or mm-hmm. get, you know, breach the walls. It was possible, but it, it, it took a lot. Yeah. So the wall was a really good um, way to, you know, for defense. Um, and, yeah I, yeah, I think it's interesting that they would close the gate at night. And yeah. why at night? Because that's when the bandits come out. Yeah. That's when the, you know, the, sure. the prowlers come out. Makes and sense. if you're inside the city, then you're, you can be defended from that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So she sends them on a wild goose chase. She basically says they've already left. Go out quickly and you will overtake yeah. them. Can I, can I just read one little passage? With, yes. You said the book of Nehemiah. So yeah. Nehemiah chapter. So Nehemiah, my, my namesake, Nehemiah, he built the wall. And that's why my ministry... Is, you know, my website is uh, nehemiahswall.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, Nehemiah chapter 13, verse 9. Um, no, that's the wrong verse. Sorry. Verse mm-hmm. 19. So Nehemiah, Nehemiah, he has this issue with these people who don't want to keep Shabbat. They want to buy and sell on the Shabbat. Mm-hmm. And it says, uh, Nehemiah thirteen nineteen. it says, this is the JPS. When shadows filled the gateways of Jerusalem at the approach of the Sabbath, I gave orders that the doors be closed and ordered them not to be open until after the Shabbat. Um, so what we're seeing here is as it's getting dark, mm-hmm. as it starts to get dark or it's about to get dark, they shut the gates of the city. Mm-hmm. And that's significant because clearly Shabbat begins when it gets dark. And why do I say that? There's some people out there today who have come up with this theory that Shabbat should begin at sunrise. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, because it says the day of the Shabbat. So they say that's not nighttime. And, and I say that's <laughs> seriously, guys. But anyway, this proves definitively, Nehemiah 13, 19, that um, Shabbat begins when it gets dark. Otherwise, mm-hmm. why shut the gates at night? Um, mm-hmm. Leave it leave it till the morning and they can do all this commerce for another yeah, 12 hours. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, in this situation, they shut the gate at dark, that the men yeah. went out. And I do not know when the, it says she's saying that. Mm-hmm. It came about with the wind. They, it was time to shut the gate at dark, that the yeah. men went out. I do not know where the men went. Yeah. Pursue them quickly for you overtake them. So she sends them on this, this Wild deal. goose chase. Yeah. But she had brought them up to the roof and hid them. And this is the this is the And here it says them. Yeah, and here it says them. So whether it was yeah. so the, whatever it was that happened, <laughs> we, we, clearly they're back to we're back to them. Yeah. In the stalks of the flax, mm-hmm. which she had laid in under, there's got to be some spiritual meaning for, for what kind of place they were hidden. Surely you've got to come up with something, Nehemiah. I mean, this just can't be that clear. The numerical value of the word flax. Mm-hmm. No, I got I got nothing. <laughs> it says ha'etz. <laughs> it says pishte ha'etz yeah, or pishte ha'etz. ha'etz. Yeah. Uh, which she had laid in order on the roof. Um, so basically, they're hidden. Yeah, you know, they're hid- hidden under the tree of life. Um, <laughs> and then- <laughs> that's your spiritual explanation. <laughs> Boy, we are definitely uh- so. Anyway, but um, it says so the men pursued them on the road to the Jordan uh, to the fords. And when it says that to the Jordan to the fords, so it, are they going back toward the Jordan where where the Israelites? We're soon going to cross over. Oh, this is a wild goose chase. First, yeah. they're going west to the mountains, and they're going east back. They didn't find them going west. Mm-hmm. So they said, okay, let's turn east now. And, and it isn't that big of a distance. Like, we're talking like a few miles. Mm-hmm. That entire plain of Jericho is only a few miles wide. Maybe, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not that big. 
Um, so they went one direction, they couldn't find them, and they went the other direction. And the truth is they could be hidden somewhere in the mountains and they'll never find mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. But they felt, okay, we didn't get them that way, let's find them. And maybe they were good trackers, and that's how yeah. they knew. Well, the, th- the verse that kind of caught my attention, Nehemiah, to be honest with you, is when Rahab speaks. And, and mm-hmm. we see this happen over again, Amen. over and over again. We saw this with uh, we Na- this. Naaman, and we saw this with uh, other, uh, yeah. you know, people that are not Israel who come and they use yeah. these words. And it says here, I know that, and then it says, Yudhe it doesn't say Adonai, it doesn't say Hashem. She says, the prostitute, I know, boy, I don't know if I'm going to let you do this controversy here. Boy, yeah. should I do this? Let me think about this. We might need to shut off the recording and let me think about it. She says, the prostitute, I know that Yehovah has given you the land. Now, she's speaking the name. Yeah. A prostitute yeah. is speaking the name. And you did something really, really controversial, Nehemiah. What's that? You, you, you shared a video um, uh, uh, bringing into modern times where people in modern times of Israel were speaking the name. But the person that was speaking the name, she she didn't look orthodox. She didn't look holy. She didn't look religious. But she spoke the name just the way it's, it's, it's written. And she kind of, can I say this? She normalized it. Like, mm-hmm. and, and, and Rahab in this situation, she's, I mean, I, I, most, I don't want her to be the prostitute. I want her to be some, you know, maybe she she's must in be in the temple, maybe immersed in water, and exactly. wearing special garments, and maybe she's an Israelite who's, you know, maybe the, you know, I, I will be honest with you. This can she we was just, an Israelite who escaped from who Egypt escaped from Egypt and, and set up knew, set up a hotel and she in Jericho. She was not actually a prostitute, exactly. And that, instead, well, we, it, we, we can explain it away, but it is what it is. She was a she was a whore who said the name of Yehovah. And she knew biblical doctrine better than these two Israelites. And that's that's the message. That's the point of the story. That this this prostitute from Jericho, who's a pagan heathen. And let's, let's point out something else. Prostitute back then also may have had a, a religious connotation. In other words, a, a when you're... A shrine prostitute? Or well, it doesn't use the word Kadeshah, but, but that word, you know, that word Zonah, that prostitute, she also may have also... In other words, when, let's put it this way. When you were having... Uh, when you were involved with her, they, were, they also viewed this as a holy union between the god and the goddess. Mm-hmm. So they actually – they didn't think of this as sin. They actually thought of it as a very righteous thing, um, the, the, the Canaanites. And so this woman, she knows biblical doctrine better than the, than the spies. I mean look what she says. She says, for the fear of you or the terror of you wait, has fallen upon us. Wait. Why do you throw the spies under the bus? Uh, they haven't said anything that they don't know that. I mean, what let, do you mean? They're, com- they're coming to – what do you well, – let's go back to the beginning of the story. Why did he send the spies? You know, on some level, he's not sure. He's saying, we got to go find out what the people are thinking. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, who cares what the people are thinking? Yehovah's behind us. We defeated the Egyptians. These guys are, are ants compared well, to the Egyptians. The, why, are we, why are we going and spying out the land? And look, I mean, I, I, it's hard for me to read this without thinking about the parallel passages exactly. in Numbers and Deuteronomy where the mm-hmm. people sent the spies and they were kind of supposed to, but then they really weren't. Because it was it was a sign of distrust, mm-hmm. and and the report they brought back showed, look, no matter what the information, we're going to be negative. You, you know what I'm, and I want to go back to the story of um, of Netanyahu giving the speech. Can we do that for a second? Because mm-hmm. remember the original story of the spies. They come back and they say, this is such an amazing land. There's so much produce in it. it the people are, are 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 you know are so blessed in this land that we have no chance against them. Instead of saying the people are so blessed that there's so much riches in this land that that um, that you know we're going to get that too and we conquer the land, isn't this great? They're always looking for the negative. 
And, you know, uh, Netanyahu gave this speech and, and there was this uh, American politician. She can't, comes along and she says this was insulting to us because we knew the things that he said. Hmm. So what are you really saying? You're upset that he said things you agree with? <laughs> like, wait a minute. If you didn't agree with it, then you should be upset. Mm-hmm. But if he comes along and says things you agree with and that's what and that's why you're upset. It reminds me of the verse in, in Proverbs. Um, it says, love covers all transgressions, mm-hmm. um, but hate uh, r- raises up strife mm-hmm. um, and or something like that. And the point is, you know, if you're if, if you hate somebody, if you're negative about someone in the first place, you're going to look for the negative. Mm-hmm. And that's what the spies were doing back in, in the book of Numbers. Um, they were looking for the negative. No matter what they saw, they would have found the negative. Well, and and the point is that, you know, look, didn't we learn our lesson about spies? Why are we saying spies? Well, here's in the character? thing I want to say, though. I want to say this. I want to give a little uh, shout out to my friend Joshua. Hey, Joshua. Because, because basically Joshua what he's... Joshua the son of Nun. Yes, Joshua the son of Nun. I okay. call him my friend because he understood what it meant, be strong and be courageous. And he is actually yeah. one of those that came back with a good report. He came back Amen. and said, look, we can do this. And I actually think there's something really important about this that he did send the two there. He doesn't say to go there and see if. He says, go to this place, uh, the, view the land, especially Jericho. That's all he says. Go view okay. the land, especially Jericho. He didn't say go there and come, give us a report. He said, go and view the land. What I think is really interesting, though, and back to this verse where she says, Rahab says, um, she says that, uh, so they pursued, da, 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 da. she says, let me get the verse. We have heard. She's talking about first. No, I'm sorry. First, verse two, nine. This is just great testimony mm-hmm. out of the mouth of a prostitute. I know that Yehovah has given you the land. I know that, that Yehovah has given you the land and that the terror of you has fallen upon us. And that all the inhabitants of the land have melted away before you. The report has gone out. CNN has already made the report, whether it's secret or not, or public. Look, the Israelites are coming. God has given. And she goes on, verse ten. For we yeah, have heard. For we heard. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to get to. Yeah. We've heard the good. We've heard this this testimony. And what's the it's testimony? Not good news for them. <laughs> no. What's the testimony? Yehovah has dried up the water of the Red Sea. In other words, yeah. now now news is working. It's going all the way. And this is a, this yeah. is a testimony of just what He's done. The Red Sea before you, when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, which we also talked about, to Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And then 2.11, she's still testifying. When we heard it, our hearts melted and no courage remained in us. No, and actually the word there is ruach. No, no spirit, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, no breath, no wind. I mean, they took the wind out of our sails. Remained in any person any longer because of you. For Yehovah your God he is God, man. He's testifying. She's like Elijah, she's, Yehovah Hu Elohim. She's, she's saying, saying it. She's saying it. Yehovah Hu Elohim in heaven above and on earth beneath. Now, I mean, before we go any yeah. further, I just want to say, I think this is an example of when we say, we talked earlier about how the nations are, who are those nations that will be called by his name? Who are those people? This is the awakening, Nehemiah, that, take, that, yeah. that took place back then. How can a prostitute be awakened and 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 be aware and and be at this place where she can say, "We know that Yehovah, He is God," and, and what an amazing story! Mm-hmm. She's testifying, and I think this is the kind of thing we're going to see even in our lifetime, and we've seen it. Where the yeah. person, you just think, "Who is this person?" You know, I mean, is she going to stay in that place? I think she becomes pretty important, even in the in the actual uh, legacy of uh, <laughs> as we hear about Rahab um, later in Scripture. But basically. Her words in the position that she's in are a testimony of just how big Yehovah is and who he's able to reach. 
Yeah, and, and you know, I read this, and the first thing I think of is Exodus 16, the Song of the Sea, mm-hmm. in verses 14 to 16, or uh, sorry, Exodus 15. Uh, it says, uh, The people here, they tremble. Agony grips the dwellers in Philistia. Mm-hmm. Now are the clans of Edom dismayed, the tribes of Moab. Trembling grips them. All the dwellers in Canaan are aghast. Terror and dread descend upon them. Through the might of your arm, they are still a stone. Till your people cross over, O Jehovah, till your people cross whom you have ransomed. That was the JPS translation. But but she's clearly echoing to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I guess it's her reality, but it's, it's the same reality echoed in Exodus 15. You know, she uses actually a very specific word in verse 15 referencing the Canaanites. Mm-hmm. She said, all the, she says, All the inhabitants of Canaan are, are, have melted. That word, Namogu. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's exact same word in Joshua 2.9. says, mm-hmm. All the inhabitants of the land have melted before you. Um, so it's the same exact word she's using. That can't be a coincidence to mm-hmm. me. Um, you know, and this is actually repeated by the spies in, in verse 24 in their report to Joshua. They say, mm-hmm. and also all the inhabitants of the land have melted before us. Yeah. And to me, as I read this, and you may disagree, my read of this is that Rachav, she's got more faith in Yehovah than these Israelites. Her faith, why is that? Her, And here's the irony. Her faith is based on their experience that she heard about. They and their fathers experience it themselves. But for some reason, they lack confidence in Yehovah. No, you got to help me with this, Nehemiah. Yeah. You're so tough on the Israelites. I am. No, I want to know why you're tough on these two guys. Because what I read the these... story. No, I read the story about how they, they went through the Red Sea. And then they say, you took us out for us to die in the desert. No, these okay, you took us out to, to of the desert, but of the, of slavery. Now, what do we eat? So, can I use the word dispensation? You know, now we've got something dis- to eat. What do we drink? You know, and, and she hears this and she's like, "Look, game over. It's the end of the story. He dried up the sea and defeated the you know and took you out of slavery." But- why are we doubting him? We've got no about, doubt. We know you, that we're. Are we're you talking cooked. about the numbers Israelites or the Joshua Israelites? I think the Joshua Israelites are a different generation. The Joshua Israelites are not taking the approach of the other ones. They, these 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 guys didn't come back and say, "Oh, there's it's too big." I mean, I, I we gotta. I think you got to give these guys a different. You got to give them a different, a different approach. The, these two that are here, these two spies that are I here. I don't agree. What have they said? And, and the, and the what have they I said? Agree. What have they said that says to you they don't have faith? What have they said that says to you they, that they're that Can they're we not, skip to verses twenty four through twenty? Not yet. Twenty five. Okay. <laughs> so you won't let me answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Up until this point, she's talking about them and she's saying she's she's making the statement. Yeah. Therefore, and then she gets to two twelve and she says, "Now, therefore, please swear to me by Yehovah, since I have dealt kindly with you, yeah. that you will deal kindly with my father's household." And then it says. These words, and, and I guess I should let you in. We can yeah. jump ahead. Well, but, so at the end, they're, they're repeating what she said. They, they should have known this before they went out as spies. That, look, we, we got, you know, we, we know, we read, we, we, we're still singing the Song of the Sea. God melted the hearts of the, of the Canaanites. And look, you could say, well, maybe that was 40 years ago, and maybe it's, you know, maybe they forgot. And, and the point here is they didn't forget even after 40 years. Um, you know, they, they've imagined you're a Canaanite. You know, if you're an Israelite, you're going through this 40 years of agony in the desert mm-hmm. with the mana, which is disgusting, and you know <laughs> they're sick of eating it, and there's no variety. Um, but imagine you're a Canaanite, and you know they're wandering around that desert, and they're, they're probably just a few days' journey. You know, um, um, yeah. We're told they're 11 days' journey if they go straight. Um, I think that's what it says. Or, yep. Anyway, so, um, but you know, anyway, even, if, even with the entire group, if they just went straight to Israel, you know, what are they, a week or two away? Um, 
Well, there were so, twelve in numbers. So there are two in there are two in Joshua. I think these two. Go well, why are there two? Because he probably thought we t- we tried the twelve. We didn't. We only needed two of them. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. No, no, no. I got. It. Anyways, yeah. but here I, I, I want to ask a question because yeah. in English it says here um, is kindly with my father's house. Will you deal kindly with my father's household? Yeah. And then in English it says, "Give me a pledge of truth." It says here. Um, what verse old, you in? Emmet, This is a uh, Joshua chapter two verse oh, twelve. Okay. Um, you know, it's it's funny because when I when I look at what it, what she says here, it's almost like I'm thinking: Is she saying, "Give me a give me a, a sign"? Is she mm-hmm. is she saying, "Give me something to to let me know"? Um, you know, in other words, you're going to swear by Yehovah. She knows mm-hmm. that's a big deal. I mean, yeah. here she knows about swearing in Yehovah's name. I'm telling you, this woman yeah. knows biblical theology better than the Israelites. <laughs> Go on. Anyway, so then she says uh, that you also do kindly with my father's house and give me this these words. Give unto me uh, ot emet. Um, a true sign. A true sign. Yeah. That could be a miracle. It could be a sign. A miracle. That, I mean, that same word in Hebrew could mean a miracle. Mm-hmm. It could be, a, or, although what we see she gave is a red, you know, the, the red string. Yeah, we're going to go on to that. Uh, and yeah. spare my father, my mother, and my brothers, and my sisters, and everybody that's connected to me. I want the whole house clean. I want everyone saved. Yeah. Uh, and all who belong to them, she reminds me a, a little bit of Noah. You know, it's like bringing in the the the, the, the people. Um, you know, we we see this 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 idea of not just her. It isn't mm-hmm. just her. She's saying, uh, "Can you please help me with my father, my mother, my brothers, and my sisters? With all who belong to them." Wow, how many people could we talk? And we could be talking about who knows how many. Um, and deliver our lives or save us, um, deliver our lives uh, from death. Now, for the, you tell me in verse 14 about these two unbelieving Israelites, what they say. <laughs> no, I'm really frustrated with you about the Joshua generation. You shouldn't have sent them. What are you, what are you talking about? He, he should not have sent these spies. They, after everything they experienced, he's still playing the spy game? I'm sorry. That, that's you think it's a spy game? A or is he going and saying, look, now look, we haven't gone this way yet. Go and look at the land. Uh, he doesn't say go but, and see. If- yeah, but they don't say what's the best approach to Jericho. Is it from the north or the west? What they say is, look, tell us, you know, what's the morale of the country? That's what we want to know. Are you guys going to be able to stand up against us? Are you going to, are you going to, or, or are you terrified? He's asking about the, you know, the morale. Um, that's what the spies are asking about. And that's because I, I'm, I'm just reading this and it seems to me they just don't have enough faith in Jehovah. And the reason I'm going to disagree with you is the text says this. Hmm, Verse okay. 14. So yeah. the men said to her, our life for yours, if you do not tell this business of ours and it shall come about, it shall come about, it shall come about when Jehovah gives us the land that we will deal kindly and faithfully yeah, with you. Yeah, because that's you. after they heard her testimony and now they're convinced. You're thinking, oh. No, before the, and this is the point. They weren't convinced until they heard what she had to say. You want to start a denomination, the the Rehabite uh, denomination. You've already got that one. (laughs) They're called Methodists. Oh, you take it back right on radio. You take it back. You just, you apologize right now. The Methodists are not the Rehab. Um, okay, no, I don't know what that means. Uh, So anyway, so that means to you. Yeah, she said to them, go to the hill country. So that the pursuers will not happen upon you. I mean, she's really being strategic here. And hide yeah. yourselves there for three days. Three days. Three days. Yeah. Well, I love the three days. When the three days come up in Scripture over and over again, you know, I took three days and two nights for me to get my uh, my luggage. But in the third day, <laughs> my luggage came. On the third day, <laughs> it came about. So she says to them. Three Whoa, days. Yeah. Okay. No, no. So, so where did they flee? Give me some. Give me a geography lesson. So to the hill country. Yeah. So wow. They, she did, they, so, so they're fleeing to the north. Well, well no. The, north, hill, the, south, the hill country is west. west. So yes. they're going west, which is and so 
obviously, not obviously, if you're in Jericho and you're fleeing toward, in the direction of the hills, you're fleeing to Jerusalem. Toward Jerusalem. So they were for three days somewhere in a cave hiding out somewhere, maybe not in Jerusalem, but in the area around Jerusalem. You think they went that far? Maybe not. I don't know. Because pretty soon, just beyond Jericho, the hills are there. Oh, yeah. The, the hills are within a few miles, even less than a few miles of Jericho. Mm-hmm. Today, Jericho goes all the way up to the hills. Back then, it would have been, you know, it would have been, it's not that far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you think they went to the Jebusite Hill country, the Jebusites? Um, I don't Like I said, I don't know if they went that far, but it's, but anyway, maybe there's a spiritual significance. Flee to Jerusalem. I don't know. For three days. I don't know. Sometimes you're so conservative, and then I'm you throwing it out. There. Then you come up with this kind of stuff that makes me think that you really do get a little spiritual. Well, where are they? Where they get a little spiritual sometimes? Where they are fleeing is in the direction of the Judean desert. Exactly. And there's a, you know, in the, that Judean desert, there, there's a lot that happens there. Mm-hmm. That's a great place. Mm-hmm. Well, the men said to her, "We shall be free from this oath. We shall be clean from this oath. We will be released from this oath." What, 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 what word do we have there? We got to get to a word of Nikim. Yeah, clean. Ah, we'll be clean. I mean, is yeah. that something that you are? Is, do you like that word or no? I like that. Okay, can you tell us what it is? Well, I don't want that to be the word of the week. You don't want that to be no. the word of the week. The men said to her, we shall be free from this oath to which you have made us swear. Unless when we come into the land to take it because God gave it to us and walk out our faith. You tie this cord of scarlet thread in the window through which you let us down. <laughs> so, okay. And gather to yourself unto the house, your father and your mother and your brothers and all your father's household. These are the men of faith speaking. It shall come about that anyone who goes out of the doors of your house. Man, it sounds like the angels back at the time of, uh, you know, when he, when, he, when he keeps a lot inside. But don't don't go out. And anyway. It, or the other the other association for me is is the, the plague of the firstborn. Mm-hmm. And what did they put? They put blood at the entrance. And here mm-hmm. there's a red string. Wow. And, and this is obviously it's not a string because he let him down by it. Must be well, a rope, huh? Rope, whatever, yeah. It can't be a string to him. If you say string, how do you... These guys couldn't be like ants. It had to be like some kind of big rope. It's a big string. I don't know. <laughs> and his blood shall be in his own head. And we shall be free, but anyone who is with you in the house, his blood shall be on your head. And this, this discussion of blood, the color, the red, pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, if a hand is laid on him. But if you tell this business of ours, then we shall be free. Now he says this again. Mm-hmm. You have to what you made us swear. Yeah. According to your words, so be it. So she sent them away. And they part, departed, and she tied the scarlet cord, is what it says here. Yeah. The scarlet cord, is that what it says? The scarlet mm-hmm. cord in the window. Yeah. Now, let me know when this uh, this lack of faith is coming soon. So go, <laughs> go, you better read the next verse and tell me about it. All right. Um, and that word for scarlet, uh, or for, sorry, the word for cord, yes. is a word that also means hope. Wow. Which is interesting. That's a little bit of a pearl. Yeah. yeah. Should we make that the word Tikva. of the week? Tikva. Oh, Let's wow. make that the word of the week. Wow, yeah. Yeah. So the root is kufvav he, mm-hmm. and tikva means, in this case, a cord or some kind of a rope, but it also means hope. Throw me a cord of hope. Yeah. And so, for example, we read it, was it in Isaiah, or recently we read mm-hmm. a thing about the, the entrance to hope, petach tikva. Mm. That's that same word. Mm. There's something so, else about the word tikva. Yeah. Is it the name that's, of this? That's the national anthem of Israel. It's called Hatikva, the hope. Hatikva, the hope. The hope, the red string. Yeah, you know, the, red the red string. The red rope. I don't know. Isn't that There might something? be something to that. Can you sing that? No, that's okay. no, 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 I was just kidding. Nefesh Yehudi Homiya. 
Ulefate Mizrach. He's going to stop me. No, no, no. Kadima. I'm waiting for when the, when the tone change comes. Here it comes. Here it you know what? That's the first time you have ever taken a song. Yeah. And didn't change the key. I really, I'm impressed. I don't even know what a key is. No, no, no. Usually what you'll do is you'll sing a song, you know, and, and, and then you'll go into a completely different key. But you actually sang that song in key. It's the key to hope. <laughs> I don't even know what a key is. A key is some kind of singing No, thing. we're not even going to edit it out. That was really good, Nehemiah. Seriously. Uh, you got to give All a right. translation for that. Yeah. Uh, they departed and came to the hill country, <laughs> remained there three days um, until the pursuers returned. And the pursuers had sought them all along the road. But had not found them. Mm-hmm. We're getting to the we're getting to the key here. Ready? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm I'm waiting for it. Uh huh. Then the two men returned and came down from the hill country and crossed over and came to Joshua the son of Nun, and they related to him all that had happened to them. Mm-hmm. Now I'm still waiting for the verse. Then they said to Joshua, "Surely the land is too big, and we cannot go there, for the giants are there." No. They said to Joshua, surely Yehovah has given all of the land into our hands. Moreover, all the inhabitants, even through the words of the prostitute Rahab, have told us that they have melted away before us. Mm -hmm. Where is their lack of faith? Why are you so tough on these two guys? They don't know that Yehovah has given it to them until they hear what she has to say. They're quoting her. They're almost verbatim. They learn from this prostitute, we're going to win. We've, we, you know, so that's we, where they learned it from. Has no, they didn't learn it from Joshua? Apparently Joshua not. didn't select apparently, them and pick these two guys? Apparently not. Because he had known before what had happened when they said the 12. So. He picks these two and he says, look I don't guys, think so. you guys are my right hand. I think Joshua, Joshua's nervous. He doesn't, no, you've you know, got to be kidding. He says, you know, look, I've never had a situation like this. I've never had a battle like this. We were attacked a few times, but we've never, uh, oh, we had the Sihon and Oak thing. That was with Moses. I, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know. Maybe if these people, if these people have the confidence and they can stand up against us, maybe we'll fail. And they go in and they find out the people, their hearts have melted, and they know. Even the prostitute in the inn knows that Jehovah has given it into their hands. And if that's the case, they've got no chance. Mm. That's how I'm reading. I don't. Know, I could be wrong. Okay. Well. We have a disagreement on this. I think yeah. that they're the Joshua generation, and they went in and, uh, and they uh, they saw the land, and they came out and reported about the land. Mm-hmm. And then I think he's following right in the spirit of what was told to Joshua. Do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do all this written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous. You will have success. Be strong and courageous, Joshua. Be strong and courageous. And he told those two, be strong and courageous. And they came back with a good report. And mm-hmm. you know what? I wish we were going to the next chapter. I don't know where chapter three is in the prophet pearls, but I feel like we better do another one just to show the- <laughs> how amazing it is. But this story is amazing, Nehemiah, because I'm um, talking about um, yeah. someone who's outside of the people of Israel, 
who's brought in to the people of Israel. What's the biblical testimony for Rahab? Where does she show up again? Is there is there another example where we can see her living out the fact that now she's... Now, we have to define Bible. Are we talking about the Tanakh or are we talking about the New Testament? Uh, well, we know it's in the New Testament. Do we have oh. anything else in the Tanakh that she shows up? Yeah, in the Tanakh? Um, let's see. What do we got here? No, that's it. She, we're, we're done with her, I think. Wow. Am I wrong? She's only in the book. Of, I mean, there's 625 where the story is followed up and her, mm-hmm. she and her family are saved. Mm-hmm. So that's the homework. Go read chapter 6 mm-hmm. where the actual battle of Jericho takes place and the family is saved. Mm-hmm. But then the next place she shows up is in the New Testament. Now, maybe people don't know where. Certainly the, Jew, the Jewish people listening to this have no idea where she is in the New Testament. And we so. see her in Matthew in the, uh, the lineage of Jesus. Hmm. Yeah. But not in the Tanakh. Not in the Tanakh. Nope. Okay. Pretty amazing. Yeah. In fact, uh, we have a couple um, uh, what they call questionable situations where the women show up that are in that in that lineage and uh, they end up being uh, uh, one, uh, Tamar, which we know. Uh, we, I don't know if we ever talked about that with Judah yeah. and Tamar, but also uh, Rahab. Well, in the original Torah mm-hmm. pearls, I'm yep, sure we talked we about did it. it. Right. So this is a this is great. We're um, tonight. I will tell you something, Nehemiah, and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll probably look. There's, we're going to turn the radio off, and we're probably going to have a little argument. I don't think we will, but we've done uh, we've done two today. I'm sure you want to do some more. But we're here in the city of Jerusalem during Purim. We've got a terrorist attack that took place. We started out with that. I will tell you where I'm how I'm feeling. I'm I, I know I don't tend to take the approach that says because they're out there, it's a bad time to be there. I actually, say I like to enter in with the community and the reality while they're going through it. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, can we go down into uh, to the city right now where all this activity is taking place? Can we can we take a break and do that? Would you be willing to go with me on Purim uh, mm-hmm. down into the old in the old city of Jerusalem? I mean, how often do you get a chance to do that? Now, again, we we've been we've been working hard, and I'm I'm asking yeah. on the radio here. You know, would you would you would you get on the bus with me? I know this is a day where they people would say, stay in your homes. Don't go out. The terrorists are they're on they're on the move. I say exactly the opposite. This is a time where I say we're under siege. Guess what? This is the land that Yehovah is is choose. This is Jerusalem. And on this day, I want to say to the terrorists, here I am. Okay, I'm here. I just want to know if I can have you come with me. That's all I want to know. Target the Methodist. <laughs> <laughs> well, can I pray? Please, Father, um, may we be like Joshua. Help us to be strong and courageous and, and not be afraid, but to go into the city and take the land. Uh, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. We don't take it as a small thing. I, I want to say uh, today for those five people that are, uh, many of them, whether they're in the hospital or not in the hospital or in some process of healing, we pray that you would bring them back to a place where they can uh, be healed and, and, and be able to do their work. Thank you for the many people that are protecting uh, those of us that are here uh, this is a, this is a city that's in a difficult situation, and, and yet at the same time, in your word it says, uh, I think in English it says pray for the peace of Jerusalem, but I think in Hebrew it says ask, um, and, and and the word and to ask, um, we're asking for peace, we're asking for protection, we're asking for your intervention on behalf of your people that are here uh, from all over the world that have been brought here. You've planted them here. We pray for safety. We pray for uh, we pray for Jerusalem to be the shining light that it is to be. And uh, just in, in, while we're here, help us to be uh, ambassadors of that light. In your name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Prophet Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson. For more information, please visit nehemiaswall.com and bfainternational.com.